and welcome to Roots in Graffiti, a short chat diving into the happenings of Jasper County, Indiana. Episode topics range from project announcements to conversations about rural issues. Hosted by the Jasper Newton Foundation and Jasper County Economic Development Organization, together we'll explore and break down what's happening right here in Jasper County. I'm Brian Hooker with the Jasper Newton Foundation. And I'm Stephen Eastridge with the Jasper County Economic Development Organization. Welcome to Roots and Graffiti. Midterm check-in, episode five. Yeah, a little bit different than what we've done the last couple times in that it's just us. Yeah, it's good. This is good. The community feedback has been great. Yeah, I think... It's a good idea. I think people like it. And if they don't, they're not telling us something... (laughs) We're just gonna keep doing it. Yeah, no, I think this is a good, good. The feedback has been great. I think the conversations have been good. And I feel like if you haven't heard something you didn't know before, or heard something that brought you a little bit of joy or hope or excitement about what was happening in your community, then you weren't listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's too is, I think sometimes we get really spoiled in that we get to talk about these awesome things in the community every single day because that's what we do. And it lets us, it helps us and the people like we talk about these things with sort of stay on fire for the community, right? And I think sometimes it's hard for people to feel that same fire because they don't see it every single day. And so in some ways, I'm starting to realize that I hope people can see that and have that same passion or at least a, a portion of it. And then how much better off, like, our whole community, all of them would be if people just had a little bit of that every single day. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that are in the, they're in the trenches. So you only see what you're doing immediately in front of you. And it's all good stuff, but it feels really lonely, I would say. I'd, I'd raise my hand for that. It gets really lonely there, and it gets, it's really quiet sometimes. So it's nice to be able to hear that you aren't the only one. And everyone's just so busy in their trench getting things done. It's kind of time to hop out and <laughs> wave at every, you know, like just recognize that we're yeah. all doing some really great work and didn't realize all those good things were happening. So it's been eye-opening, I know, for me, as far as some of the other areas, the foundation focuses a lot on nonprofits and human services as far as our granting goes, that I often miss the economic development opportunities and the small businesses and large businesses that are contributing to our community. And so it's nice to be able to share those things as well so I can learn. Yeah, and I think, so you're exactly right, is we just have like a ton of, both on the for-profit and nonprofit side, have a ton of just people who care within their organizations, whether it's like ConAgra who does so much um, chief buildings Jason Williams does a ton for the community, and I think it's hidden. There's a, just too many organizations beyond Jasper Newton Foundation or JCDO doing work. So I, I hope that people have been listening and are hearing that, and it gets them excited that there are things happening in the community, and, and they're hopping out on the block. Right. So I think some of the things we should answer today yeah. are how did you end up here mm-hmm. and not in Philadelphia <laughs> being an Eagles fan for three years or whatever that plan was? Yeah. Um, how did I end up here? And then why, you know, like we've asked everyone up to this point, like, why do you care? Mm-hmm. Why do you care? Mm-hmm. Um, you could just do your job and not care. That, that's super easy. But I don't think that suits either one of us very well. So, answer, yeah. you know, answering how we 
Yeah, we'll interview each other. All right. Right? Yeah. So how did you get here? Uh, actually, Stephen, I was born and raised in Rensselaer. Oh. I am. Right. I am a, a Rensselaer graduate. So you're part of the cool kids. Club, I is what you're am. Telling me. Actually, to be honest, I probably wasn't <laughs> um, until now. No. Uh, born and raised in Rensselaer, uh, my parents are actually both both graduated high school here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, met each other right after that. So I am have long. I have long time ties to this community. So mm-hmm. my dad's family owned a trucking company that was started by my great grandfather in the 1950s. So we have a lot of roots here. I have a lot of roots here in the yeah. community. Fancy that. <laughs> Actually, to add to that, I. Uh, was completely and utterly terrified at the thought of going away to college when it came time to do that mm-hmm. and um, ended up with a, an excellent academic scholarship and attended St. Joseph's College when it was open. Okay. I am a puma. I bleed purple and maroon sometimes and um, have a degree in communication and art from there. So there's some graffiti for okay. you, right? Roots all, and graffiti. All around. All right, all right. Okay. And... Yeah, I just, I met my husband right after graduating and stayed, Mm. ran a couple of businesses myself getting out of school and really my dad was an entrepreneur. My family's worked for themselves. So I kind of had that little bit of spark in Mm -hmm. me to not not want to work for anybody else. Um, Had an opportunity to do that for a while. And then my communication degree was calling. So when the foundation job came open, I felt like it was a good fit for my skill level and just for how much I loved being here. So mm-hmm. for a long time, I felt ashamed. I'm going to be really honest yeah. about that. Uh, ashamed that I stayed here. You know, I feel like there's a huge contingency of individuals that um, are very proud of their kids who graduate high school here, get the heck out of Dodge, and live somewhere else. And I felt like I had maybe failed slightly for about five seconds. And then mm-hmm. I realized that I didn't. Yeah, yeah I no, love, not at all. I love being here. Sure. I mean, anywhere you choose to live is, is has its... It's like the office, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've talked about this before. It's like the office. There's a Dwight everywhere. <laughs> There's a Michael everywhere. Right. Um, right. It just... You need to pick that space to be in where you find a way to plug in. And mm-hmm. it makes your life so much richer. And I felt like I loved being here. The Everything from the seasonal cycles... Uh, fall and winter, spring and summer, to harvest, to the community that you can walk around and feel safe in, to the creative people that we have here that keep things really rich and alive. So actually, you know, funny story, my, not funny story, but just kind of funny connections. So my husband's family is in agriculture and has been. Mm-hmm. So lots of, you know, and then my my family then would have been a group of entrepreneurs. So um, just, we just, that's what everyone does here. Yeah, so yeah. I feel like we fit in, we fit right in. So I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad you're raising our daughter here. She gets to experience those same connections. You know, she can ride in a tractor with the best of them, uh, but also um, knows the freedom that a small community provides mm-hmm. to our youth and um, to all of us, actually. So that's how I ended up here. So how'd you, so how'd you get here? Because that's a different story. Yeah, it's not quite the same. <laughs> even though I'm not from Jasper County or, or Rensselaer or, or even Wheatfield, where I, my wife and I live, 
the, where we live now, I consider it very much like home, like where we, like, you know, that I've always been here. Um, and a lot of that's from the fact that you know, my wife and I are both from the Northwest Indiana region. So I grew up in Portage, went to Portage High School, graduated from Portage High School, and was actually supposed to go to Anderson University with a bunch of my friends and got cold feet like six weeks out and didn't go, bailed on one of my best friends and um, he had to find a new roommate and I stayed home and went to Purdue North Central um, when it was still Purdue North Central Mm -hmm. before it consolidated. Let's see, so I studied uh, economics and accounting while at Purdue. Um, I got four, three years into an accounting degree and realized I didn't want to be an accountant, um, (laughs) that I didn't think the way the other accounting students did and that it probably wasn't a good fit long term, but it was too close not to finish it out. So um, just started taking all the econ courses and like sprinkled in the last of the accounting classes I needed over the next three years. So um, actually it was five and a half years before I graduated. Um, And so I have a degree in both accounting and economics. And the last year I started interning with a professor and we did a, a study for one of the local economic development offices, and we actually looked at um, air and gas compressor manufacturers mm-hmm. and did a cluster analysis on the employment of that of Laporte County. Um, and I was totally into like the theory of economic development and wanted to, to study it more. And then realized that I graduated and had to do something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I started interning for the economic development office that we presented the report to. And that went extremely well and, and became full-time staff within you know a few months of my internship starting um, and worked there for almost a year before realizing that um, being 20-something years old and having a bachelor's degree and, and working where I was working wasn't going to give me enough experience to like take the next step. So I took a job working for the city of Cincinnati and moved down there with my then fiance. We had just got engaged and started planning our wedding from Cincinnati and the whole time we were in Cincinnati planned a wedding for up here. Yeah. And then, so when I was in Cincinnati, I did like all of the cool stuff that every <laughs> economic development professional wants to do, right? Like I focused on downtown uh, real estate development, did some corporate attraction and I worked what I, the team that I worked on was called the major projects team. And the easiest way to explain it is that we were essentially like economic development SWAT. So, so if like something was super messy, there was a lot of community conflict, it was just complicated in structure, had to go faster than it should have. Um, essentially, we got brought in, one or two of us would come in and work with whoever the normal person on that project was and just make it happen. And so we did all kinds of stuff. One of the last projects I was on, I worked with uh, one of the guys on the team, and we did uh, a mixed-use high-rise building that put the first Kroger grocery store back downtown yeah. in Cincinnati since the 60s, and which was, like, super weird because Kroger's corporate headquarters is in Cincinnati. And so they, like, had a corporate headquarters in downtown Cincinnati, but no grocery, store. no grocery store. Yeah. Huh. And so, like, it was this huge thing, and it, it was really cool. And, and Cincinnati has a, a monocar street line. And so it was right on the streetcar line. And uh, so it was like this, you know, really cool urban project with transit-oriented development. And, you know, so you didn't have to have a car. You could take the you could take the train everywhere and get a grocery store. And there was apartments on top of the building. So it was really neat. And then, you so know. So that's fancy. 
Yeah. So how did you get here? <laughs> so, so my wife and I, the whole, so we spent two years in Cincinnati and the whole time we were in Cincinnati, we were planning our wedding here and happened to get married at Sandy Pines. I, I don't know, someone called me about a job, you know, and it was someone I knew, I can't remember who now, said, you know, there's an opening in Jasper County, you should take a look at it. So I was like, I, I, I can't remember who it was. I, I think it was Clarence Hulse, who was the director of Michigan City still and, and was the supervisor I worked for. And so out of respect for Clarence, I just threw it in thinking like, I'm never gonna get hired, right? Like I'm, I'm 27, I, you know, I'm, I'm from the city. Like they're not looking for someone like me to work and, and run the economic development organization for that community. So I, I got a call about an interview and I was like, well, this is interesting, this is, this is awesome. They're never gonna hire me, but I'll go interview. interview I get to right? practice. And <laughs> this is like four weeks out from getting married. Oh my God. So, so I'm like, my wife's like, well, what are you gonna do if you get the job? I'm like, I'm not getting the job. Like that's not even, that's not even a reasonable thing to assume. Right. And um, I interview and I'm like, oh, that was, that. I feel like that went pretty awesome, but I'm sure there's plenty of way more qualified people cool you know that was that was fun I got to come see my family for a weekend I got to you know chat about the things I've done and hear about how experienced that makes me feel and then I got a call for another interview and I was like well this is odd <laughs> um, so I, I did it again and I, I found out there was only two of us at the time and I was like okay um, so I finished it and I told my wife now we're like two weeks out from the wedding oh, and I told my wife I'm like well that was cool but there's just no way like there's clearly the other person's far more qualified and I'm just like a you know just a feel good like plan B right like I, I, they're not interested in me for real so the Friday before the wedding so one week out before the wedding I get a call um, from who the, the board chair at the time was Brian Washburn yeah. with the REMC and we're like shop grocery shopping in Aldi for like the last few things we need before we leave for the week to go come up here Do to get wedding, married right and it's Brian he offers me the job and I was like oh crap <laughs> this was not the plan right and I tell my wife in Aldi and she starts crying because she's like so like she's she's like stressed out about the wedding and, more things, yeah. right? and you know it's a four-hour drive from like here to Cincinnati right. so it's like you know we gotta are we moving four hours and we gotta sell our house and right. buy a new house and I was like I, well I'm gonna need the weekend Brian I can't make a, I can't make the decision right now so we we talked about it and I think what it came down to um, I was like okay on the count of three you say what you want to do, I say what I want to do, and this is going to work out. So whatever it comes out to is what it comes out to. So one, two, three, my wife says, let's move back, you take the job. One, two, three, I say, let's stay here. I want to stay in Cincinnati. I like the work. <laughs> and so we came back. <laughs> um, That's a great outcome. And, and so, you know, four days before we got married here, I accepted this role with this organization. And um, it's kind of, and now coming up this November, it's been, Three years, because actually my three-year wedding anniversary is uh, tomorrow. You know, it's almost been three years that I've been here with wow. this in this community. So that's how I got here. I don't. That's probably more details. It's, an, it's okay. It's an interesting story. So, you, but you, yeah, you did. You, you know about Northwest Indiana, though. So you weren't unfamiliar. No, no. Yeah, that's. It felt like you know I had I had done a lot of stuff in Cincinnati or in in Michigan City, and actually one of the things that I'm most proud of is um, they have a promise program if we talked about this yes, a little yeah. bit and for those who don't know a promise program is essentially just like a it's a municipally funded scholarship for anyone who lives within that community so michigan city has a scholarship fund that if you go to michigan public michigan city public school your parents own your property and they and you live in the city limits uh, they they pay for your college 
Um, and I actually wrote that entire program and like presented it to the mayor and city council the day before, the day that I was leaving to go to Cincinnati. So I, I presented that on a Friday and started in, in Cincinnati on Monday. So that was like the turnaround. You seem to have that sort of timeline. So I, I think that's just the nature. Economic development works on tight timelines. So my life should just focus on tight timelines, <laughs> just, right? You're yeah. good at that. Okay, yeah. that's good. So, so how long have you been with the foundation? I was officially installed as director on June 1st okay. of 2016. Okay. So, so four years. Four years. Yeah. This is, so June 1st would have been my four, four year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Not much longer here than you. I mean, I lived here, but like working in this capacity. So yeah, a lot has happened, obviously. And you can probably speak to this on your own, but new eyes on the but at the time would have been a 25-year organization. Mm-hmm. Um, new, I was a lot younger than the two previous directors were at the time. And mm-hmm. um, was only the third director of the organization itself. The foundation's been around since 1991 and had, I am director number three. Yeah. So pretty, lots of consistency. So you, so four years, you know, sort of leading this organization. And I think we know this, I'm sure other people in leadership capacities of organizations and communities like this, know that being a leader in an organization in a community like ours and just being that it's small the issues we've, we've talked about some of them is not easy but you deal with people who have their minds made up about stuff or you know they just you know it unintentionally view things as a threat sometimes right and it's it's really stressful right and so what has kept you sort of going at it because four years can feel like a lifetime three years has felt like I feel like a totally different economic development professional now than what I was when I came here Hmm. and any three years is not actually a lot of time but it feels like an eternity and that can be a good thing and a bad thing so like what's keeping you four years in pushing because you guys are you're pushing that's it yeah well that's probably it (laughs) The, the oversimplified and and joke answer that creates giggles yeah. is that yes we are pushing and like you know some shoelace got stuck and you just have to keep going right you're gonna end up falling on your face you're just, now. Yeah. yeah no it is it is refreshing every day to see the community finding its way, I feel like. There have mm-hmm. been several opportunities in the last four years for our communities to get to gather together. So, mm-hmm. um, and I've met some significantly forward-thinking individuals over the last four years, so just to name a few. Because of relationships and because of reaching out, um, have developed a better relationship with the town of DeMont and Heather Tokars. Mm-hmm. And that woman, get out of her way. It, you either get on board or um, you might get run over, and yeah. it's all good. It is all good stuff. Yeah. Moving Demont forward, partnering with the people that are there and want to move things forward. I have appreciated that that relationship. And um, one of the first things we did um, was work with some moms in Demont and and revitalize Spencer Park mm-hmm. because some people just wanted to make a difference. And so I can't tell you how many goosebumps, and I still have like right now just talking about it, a DJ cupcakes and kids in a park on a Saturday afternoon. I mean, that's it. That's, I mean, that if that doesn't keep you going, way. I do not know what, yeah. what, what, you know, what else could. Mm-hmm. Meeting her has changed or given me 
Heather and a number of other people, uh, someone to call, like to talk me off a ledge, <laughs> which is helpful. Yeah. Um, and then also just a mentor of sorts that, mm-hmm. you know, managing running anything um, in a small community because you can't hide. There's no yeah. anonymity here. Mm-hmm. Um, you deal with the same people on the phone in your office, setting up a scholarship fund, and then you turn around and see them in the line at Busy Bee or shopping at the grocery store, mm-hmm. um, or you see them on Saturday morning at the homestead when you go buy donuts. I mean, yeah. like you, yeah. you can't, there's no anonymity here. So it's kind of like, uh, it's like a family, you know, and sometimes it gets a little hairy, um, but you just work it out. You just work it out and we all live together. So we figure it, we figure it out. But I have seen, again, I've seen this community and meaning all, all of Jasper County, the people that I've met, had a great chat with Nick De Kruger on the phone today. So mm-hmm. like just in the great chat with Wendy and John on the podcast last time, like just this whole community of individuals that want to build a quality community like all of us together like what do we want let's make it happen i'll do that every day yeah absolutely even more so than myself i work with generous donors who want to do something good Mm -hmm. i don't often i have had to make some relationships with elected officials because partnering public and private funds is what makes the world go round, and it does in rural areas that don't have a lot of funding buckets but absolutely um you deal with that way more frequently and sometimes people who are angry mm-hmm. thankfully most of my people who come in are just happy and want to do something good the nature of economic development is like if you make someone angry it's kind of a life or life thing right so when you bump into them at say a wedding there's, there's no hiding from that right uh no I, I don't know i think part of it is i have the personality and anyone who knows me like outside of work will really attest to this that i can commit hard to something and be totally in and be totally consumed, that that's not a hard thing for me. Mm-hmm. The idea of jumping into something, learning about it, understanding it, and then the next, like, well, what do we do next? Like, what, like, okay, let's go. And um, so I think, I think that has been something that's really resonated with me. And that um, if I've noticed anything about like the difference between rural communities and uh, like urban communities. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before. A lot of it to me, when I came here, everyone's like, oh, it's it's so different. How do you, like, how are you going to do it? Like, um, it's night and day. There are different issues. And like, well, one, are they really different issues? Mm. Um, That's a good question. Because I don't think they are. Mm. Two, if they're not really issues, then it's kind of really just the same thing. And you can just... Maybe it's different topics. Maybe, you know, there's different players, but it's the same thing. And so, and then the last thing is, to me, having worked in Michigan City is kind of like a urban, like, fringe Chicago city mm-hmm. um, where there's like an urban core, but it's not like a, it's not like an actual big city. Cincinnati is a larger city and we're very rural. Having worked in three different types of communities, one, I think economic development just matters way more in rural America. And if I'm going to spend my life doing something, it should be somewhere where it matters way more, right? I like that answer. And, but I, I think, I truly think that, like, the difference in, like, how things are done is not that different. Like, when we run into a problem when there's a, there's a project, right? When you boil it all down, to, what it all boils down to, like, you get to the or get to the root of a, an issue, it's about like how it's going to impact people in their daily life. And that means like what it is to look at it, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, and you know, whether we're actually talking about a windmill or we're talking about, you know, a seven story mixed use building in the middle of an urban core, like what we're talking about is what is it gonna be like to look at that every day? Um, and how's that gonna impact me while I drink my coffee in the morning? And like, sure, there's, there's other issues, but mm -hmm. like, that's what it boils down to, is it boils down to how, how's that project gonna impact the way I live my life? And if you think about that, then I think a lot of times you can solve all those problems and you can, you can fix, you can work through that and still move projects forward that move the community forward. Is it fair to say that the solutions here have to be a little bit more creative and the challenge of that is good for you? Yeah, yeah I think so. What, the difference between Cincinnati and here is that there are, in Cincinnati, there are tons of private people who, wants to, who want to spend millions of dollars on the drop of a dime. We don't have that, mm -hmm. right? And we're never going to. I hope. Never mind. Yeah. I want to have that. Yeah. I mean, maybe we will. I, it would make things way easier. But we, we can't just, we can't be waiting for that. Absolutely. Too much has to Absolutely. be done between then, right? Look at the look at the town hall. Like we've got to do something now, mm -hmm. sooner than later. We can't just wait for one day. Maybe one of us realizes what could be done, or you know, some of our elected officials like have an aha moment. Like they should have already had it. Like we need to be moving already because the livelihood of our community and the businesses that are in it matter. And so yeah, I think it's it's more of a challenge. And yeah. um, I like I like being told something can't be done and then making it happen. <laughs> so that's kind of like my favorite thing. That's fantastic. That's good because there are unique challenges around here that are going to require some creative thinking because just like you said, and I, I like to phrase it that there, Superman's not coming. Yeah. Like there isn't anybody with, you know, there's nobody coming to save us. Yeah, I mean, no. at the end of the day, it's what community do you want to have and let's build it. Yeah. And, uh, Batman's again. already here. <laughs> we're all um, wearing masks now, so we're all kind of like that. We are superheroes. <laughs> that's right. We are all wearing masks now like superheroes. That's a great, that's great. There's already great stuff happening, and I love being able to share that. And there, there's those challenges where you have to jump in the pool without arm floaties and just figure out yeah. how to do it. So yeah, I, I think too, and maybe I don't know. I don't realize. I don't know if people really realize this and really understand this. Is like Jasper County and our communities. We're not that far off from being like a really successful, cool community. I mean, we have all of the things that we need, mm -hmm. and. To me, it's almost like watching, we were talking about sports as we were like in this, it's like watching a quarterback struggle and you know that it's just a confidence issue or watching a pitcher not be able to hit his, hit his um, pitches and, you know, watching someone do something and knowing that the only reason they're not doing it to the best of their ability is because they're not confident that they can. I feel like that's a lot of times our community. I mean, if you look at our location between uh, Chicago and Indianapolis, and, and this is something I tell businesses all the time. Right here, sitting in Rensselaer, there's a five-mile difference between O'Hare or Airport and the Indianapolis Airport. Um, we're literally smack dab in the middle of those two populations. We have five exits, five interchanges on I-65, and it's like 75, you know, miles. You know, it's like 30 something one way and 30 something the other. Like it's insane how much of an advantage we have. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we haven't realized it is 100% just a confidence thing. If we just realize like, hey, we can do this and we can be, mm -hmm. we can be all those things that other communities are, we would, we would just do it. It's sort of this like self-realization that we have all the things we need to be the big kids. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, so that's something I realized right away when I 
came in was like that there's no disadvantages to doing business in Jasper County. Um, there's a lot of advantages to doing business in Jasper County. And our elected officials simply just didn't know it or our business leaders simply just didn't know it and didn't know how to brag about that, didn't know how to feel confident and like have swagger as a community. I think we're getting there. Like I think people mm -hmm. are becoming more proud of our community and we should be. There's this, and I, we, I can't remember now, we've recorded too many times for me to know what we've talked about and that's <laughs> not good. Because only, this is only number five. But like there's this weird Hoosier thing where like it's it's wrong to have pride and to be like boastful, right? You have to be like a quiet, modest mouse and you can't like brag at all about the things that you've done or the things your community do. I think that's crap. Like oh, right. we should just yell it from the rooftops, all of the cool stuff we're doing. And if another Hoosier community gets upset about it, forget it. Like who cares? And like if we just took more time to be more proud of the things that we're doing, I think we would realize all of our goals, whatever that is. Right. No, so I see this too, not just from an uh, economic standpoint, but as far as philanthropy goes, we have very giving communities. Mm -hmm. Historically, you know, if there's a need, our towns and, and city take care of those needs, um, often very quietly because that's just how we do things. Um, there's also other opportunities that I've seen a lot of people giving back in ways that um, have impacted. So the Jasper Newton Foundation exists because a group of men and women knew the impact of, of philanthropic dollars back in the early 90s mm -hmm. and, and tapped into the Lily Endowments match opportunities all of this time. And we are as big as the Community Foundation in Hendricks County. Jeez. And a number of others because of the forward thinking of those individuals 30 years ago to, to put their money together and benefit our community. So we don't have the people of Hendricks County. We yeah. don't have the business or the other funders of the area, but our foundation is just as large. And we, because, <laughs> because of that forward thinking and those generous individuals. And so another example, which is this, one of my favorite examples, chief um, industries here in Rensselaer, their employees have had a, an employee giving circle through the foundation. We mm -hmm. don't have a United Way here. So the community foundation kind of functions as a United Way. If they pledge enough money as a group this year, since they started their giving circle, I think, and I'm going to mess the date up when they started it, but it's probably been, been over 10 years now. The employees at the chief buildings here in Red Salier will have given back in the Jasper County community over $100,000. Jeez. Just the employees. Yeah. That's, that's no corporate match, although the corporation itself has been very giving in the foundation with Parks for People, and I can't say enough, but just because Chief Industries thinks very much about giving, mm -hmm. Those employees have impacted Jasper County over $100,000 since they started their giving circle. And I can't, like, that's just how we roll here. Mm -hmm. And it, I think that's really important to remember. Like, we don't, that's not twisting arms. Having an employee all call out, like, once a year and forgiving. And we should be really, really proud mm -hmm. of those things yeah. and how we take care of each other. <laughs> why, do, why, do you think, why do you think we're not? I, I just... I just don't know if we've ever seen it modeled before. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that's why this podcast is so important. I just don't know that we've ever taken a minute to, I guess this sounds so silly and I apologize, but like actually just walk so around and give each other high fives. Yeah. Like 
Good job, everyone. High fiving everyone. We, well, not right now. I guess it's the okay. elbow bump or yeah. whatever is appropriate Sorry, for guys, pandemic. But <laughs> no, eventually, like we just haven't taken the time to say like thank you for doing your job yeah. really well and look at the impact you've made. You're freaking awesome. Yeah, just take a minute and say thank you for being amazing. Yeah, and for for doing this much good and and that we're here. Let's keep going. Like yeah. it's not over. It's never over. I think that's also some of it too. I feel like we think once we get to this certain level that we will have arrived and we don't have to do any more work after that. And the truth is it's uphill all the way. That's when you're supposed to maintain and manage, right? <laughs> I hate those words. <laughs> just we kidding. will not maintain and manage. We are going to just keep, we'll keep pushing. Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely. Growth is a 24 seven forever kind of thing. I don't, I definitely feel like people don't always get that. Like, well, and it's not growing, like, we're not trying to grow and become a city of 200,000 people mm -hmm. or a county or two counties of hundreds of yeah. thousands of people. That's not the point. Yeah. The point is growing in a number of other ways. Yeah. We grow in our culture mm -hmm. and diversity and business offerings and restaurants. And we grow in all of those offerings. We grow our quality of life. And mm -hmm. that's a constant effort. Yeah, that people can have childcare and good jobs and can shop and go to the parks and play sports and never have to leave if you don't want to. And that's not the case all, all the time right now. Right. Yeah. No, we have so much out migration of dollars for mm -hmm. entertainment for work mm -hmm. and we could be doing all that ourselves mm -hmm. we could be doing all that ourselves and it's just a matter of creatively thinking and and working together to make that happen here like yeah. whatever we want we can build here i believe it yeah should we keep doing five more episodes should yeah. we do five more episodes of this yeah i think this is our midterm check-in and so for homework because that's always associated with midterms, mm. <laughs> right? It's good. Um, we'd like to ask if you're listening to this podcast, and we know you are because we can see when you download it, your midterm homework is to send us an email at rootsandgraffiti at jaspercountyin.com. Tell us why you care mm -hmm. about living here, what you want to see, what you want to see grown here. We yeah. just want to know. Just drop us a line. Yeah, and, and don't say Chipotle because like we can't do anything about that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Independent entrepreneurs that mm -hmm. want to grow stuff here because we'll eat there too. Let's find someone to make a burrito shop. That's your homework. Email Stephen and I at rootsandgraffiti at jaspercountyin.com. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation about Jasper County. For anything related to the podcast or information about today's conversation, you can email Bree and I at rootsandgraffiti at jaspercountyin.com, all spelled out. And there will also be links in the show notes below. Thanks, guys.